Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, sweet friends. I'm so excited to talk to you today about the cycle of courage. This has been a long time coming. Since I did my first research with Dr. Rick Snyder at the University of Kansas um, around the psychology of hope, I have began, I started to formulate this idea of courage as extremely hopeful, as courage as the belief that we can do hard things. This also, this work is also born from Carol Dweck's work, um, mindset, mindset. It's it's informed by Dr. Daniel Siegel's work, uh, Mindsight, and all of the other whole brain living. Off, often it's so deeply influenced by uh, one of the dearest mentors in my life, Dr. Daniel Bernstein, and he's he was in charge of the Center for Teaching Excellence at KU, wrote a book entitled Gender and Motivation, and really um, shaped my understanding of what it means to be in the world and do hard things, do the scary things on purpose. Seek out those experiences that change us, that help us grow, that make us more of who we are. It is not in the easy. It is not in the do, like the boring day-to-day actions that we become more of who we are. It is in the hard work. It is in the deep work. It is in the belief that we can withstand, that we can be transformed in our pain, in our suffering, in our challenges. And and that growth only comes as a result of using courage. And this courage is, yes, everyday courage. I do want to say that. It is everyday courage. It's getting up when you feel like staying in bed. It's facing the day. It's going to the cardiologist when you don't know what they will say and you're afraid that you're one of the COVID statistics. It is doing the hard things. It's having the hard conversations. It's having those conversations with your children, with your children's teachers. It's making new choices every day. It's eating healthy. It's exercising. It is requiring a switch in your brain. It's moving from that primitive brain's response to engaging your prefrontal cortex to become more of who you are truly. It's not living from that primitive brain's response to fear, where it's designed to keep you safe, to look for danger, to seek pleasure. You are saying, I am so committed to always living in worthiness and love. I am so committed to living my divine calling 
that I am willing to do the scary and hard things and show up for myself in love and in worthiness. And that, sweet friends, is what courage is. And the cycle of courage is the psychological framework as I'm rolling around in my chair because I'm so excited. The cycle of courage is the psychological framework to help you make sense of the experience of what courage? Of change, of experience, of growth. So there are four pillars in the cycle of courage. I'm going to describe them today, knowing that I am writing about this, right? So like I'm writing a book right now around the cycle of courage. There will be numerous books in this series. The first one is in, in around this idea of, of facing our emotional experiences and how to regain that emotional resilience that we might have lost. And that comes from what? Finding and feeling courage. So much of the courageous life society, we just practice courage, courageous action, courageous connection. It's all learning what thoughts create the feeling of courage. And we just do it over and over again. So much of my work, as you guys have heard time and time again, is inspired by cognitive behavioral. It's informed by cognitive behavioral psychology and also acceptance and commitment therapy and in some part behaviorism. You know, that deep, that was so formative in my graduate studies that it's hard to tease apart that experience. Um, so much of of my conversations in my own brain and with my coaches is, is how to really live and really believe and really feel deeply instead of running from the scary emotions that I'm unwilling to confront uh, oftentimes that I have spent my whole life running from. And so many of you have heard my story of um, a deep trauma that happened in my life. And as so many trauma victims, and it doesn't have to, you do not need to have experienced trauma to have developed this pattern. Because frankly, I had this pattern before trauma. I would just shut down, pretend like it didn't happen. You smile and everything is okay, right? And I, that I think is why I'm so afraid of this toxic positivity or people that are well-meaning, right? But they haven't fully understood or experienced or studied the impact of traumatic experiences on the brain. And so they're like, just think great thoughts. What we don't understand is that trauma wires into our brain. And so for saying think great thoughts, we're essentially saying you need to sever, cut off parts of you that are embedded inside that sweet brain of yours. And so I offer this to you as a conversation and not as uh, the end, like this is the way it should be. This I hope to spark a conversation in my books and in, my ex in these 
um, podcasts really is a conversation and an invitation to explore your thoughts about your experiences, your thoughts about how you process your emotional experiences. So the cycle of courage includes four pillars, four areas that really help us navigate and understand. And these pillars are, they are not like you go, it's not, um, you, you first start in cognition and then you go to commitment and then you go to connection. It's not that, it is iterative process. It is a cycle that you will start at, you will grow, you will understand, you will come back to with deeper meaning, with deeper understanding at each level. So I want you to know, it's like, um, it really is the, the peeling of, of an onion, right? You're always gonna find more and you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, there's more layers underneath this. That's why I tell my um, clients and the dear women in the Courageous Life Society, I'm like, I'm sorry. I feel like this is not always, I'm like, you will do this work for the rest of your life. This is not a one and done experience. And I think so much of, of the conversations in the mainstream coaching world is like, you're gonna learn this and then you're gonna be fine. You're gonna like, this is a 12 week program and then you're gonna be great. You're gonna have mastered your mindset or your money mind. And here's the deal, we will always have our primitive brains. We will always have those deeply embedded emotional experiences. So I invite you to this work with that belief in the, it is in the struggle that we grow. It is in the challenges that we become more of who we are truly meant to be. And so as you are doing this work, you are learning and growing and becoming all that is, right? So you're just like, yeah, this is the way it goes. And I'm so excited for this process. That's it, sweet friends. Okay, so let's begin. I'm gonna tell you the four pillars. We're gonna discuss them. And then I know that people will probably have more questions about this. I rattled this off because it's so embedded. I've studied it, I've thought about it for so, so long. So much of my life has been informed by this cycle. And it's grown and it's evolved in conversation. And, you know, last year I had the distinct opportunity or the not distinct opportunity, the fantastic opportunity to interview over 50 people and their stories of courage. And I mapped out their stories within the cycle. And it was fascinating and so I'm so grateful for their commitment. And I was blown away by people's generosity and kindness. Like I, I thought I would have four people sign up and I finally couldn't take, I, like I couldn't, I'm gonna keep doing those over the, the years. 
to hear more of that. I interview women um, on the podcast. You will often hear that. And we talk about what courage means to them. And I'm piecing that together. Okay, so the four pillars. One pillar, not the first, but one is cognition. And this is really um, the, the, the tear process as described in cognitive behavioral interventions. And that is our thoughts impact our emotions, which impact our actions, which directly impact our results. So that is the T-E-A-R, thoughts, emotions, actions, results. And in that process, we come to understand that our thoughts always create our results. Our cognitions, our emotions drive the action we take. And so we come to understand that the, the most important work we do is not focusing on the action. And that's what our brains are designed to do. Like, what can I do to alleviate the suffering? Let's do it now. I, I am the queen of, like, I'll just do whatever it takes to quickly move through this and be done with this in my life. Just be over. I'm going to take action to get out of this emotional. And we know that the deep work comes from examining our thoughts and emotions that are driving the actions in our life. If you want anything, if you want a different result, it is not in the action. And that is so hard to wrap your brain around, right? And yes, there are people talking about mindset. Thank heavens. And thank heavens for Dr. Carol Dweck. Like that woman deserves everything, right? Because she was driving this conversation and putting the research out there, doing the deep research. But there are people that teach mindset that haven't read her book. I'm sorry, I get really worked up that haven't studied it. Sweet friends, there is so much out there. We need to have a good understanding of why this matters. Okay, so the first pillar of the cycle of courage, cognition, our thoughts that drive our emotions. The second pillar, and this is in no way in, in order of importance, is connection. And we've been talking about this in, in, in the Courageous Life Society. This is that deep sense of connection to yourself, to others, that social connection, and then that spiritual dimension, that spiritual connection that drives your sense of meaning, that drives your sense of purpose. And so often we miss out on personal connection in favor of, like, we've lost the sense of balance because, well, A, we've lived through a pandemic. Who has time for, because you got people around all the time, right? That's, a, that's a, something we've created in our brains. We can make time for ourselves, even with kids running around. I still can meditate. I can still do my yoga practice. I can still do a Epsom salt foot bath. I can still clear out negative energy with a Palo Santo. In fact, my children do love a good Palo Santo um, stick. I still can infuse that deep sense of connection to myself 
even with what I often consider lunatics running around me. So I think that our brains will create obstacles for us to try to stop our primitive brains. Like, mm, can't do it because I've got this. Can't do it because I have to be in control of this. Sweet friends, we have complete control of our thoughts and our emotions and actions, not of what's happening around us. We can be in charge of what, how we think, but not for the situation of the pandemic. So when we think about connection, we know it is deeply fundamental. If you are connected to yourself, that is deeply fundamental to your connection with your cognition, with your understanding, with your awareness of how you process all that is going on in your life. So I want you to think about that as an opportunity and see the overlap in this and see why we need to know ourselves to be connected to ourselves. We also know we need to be connected to others. We need those deep and meaningful connections to be felt, to be seen, to be heard, to be understood. And yes, of course, I want to talk about mirror neurons, but we're not going to do that. We're just going to say it's important right now in this context. We could truly be here for a full day just on connection. And we often talk about the, and that spiritual connection. And that's there's so much to that. I'm teaching a course um, for uh, my church um, on minding your mind. It's eight week, It's eight hours plus of really understanding the spiritual connection and right brain, left brain, which you would would have heard last week. Yeah, last week. Um, and so, really understanding that we are called. And our spiritual connection, right, informs our personal connection, informs our social connections. And our personal connection informs our spiritual connections. And this is such a deep and important part of creating the foundation for courageous living. Understanding our thoughts and our emotions and actions and results is a deep, important part our connection and the third pillar of the cycle of courage, guess what that is? Commitment, sweet friends. So often, I'm gonna take a drink really quickly. So often, we haven't understood, we don't know how to make commitments. And when we understand that we can wire in commitment to change our experience of how we live, how we think, how we feel, how we act, we are made new. I have three steps to courageous commitments. You are wiring in your thoughts, your emotions, your actions, and the result you want to get. And that, my sweet friends, is life-giving life-affirming, and life-changing. So that, to me, is such a beautiful experience and way to understand this idea that we can change our brains 
through changing, we, our brains are, we have neuroplasticity, right? We are continually offered, invited into renewing of our minds. And so that is so powerful, so exciting, so beautiful, so life-giving. And, and often we are overwhelmed by change. And that is our fourth pillar is change. What we have never been told, or maybe we were told but didn't fully process it, was how to change in a way that supports us instead of working against our brain and the way our brains are designed to work. We know we have this sweet, sweet little primitive brain that is always looking, scanning the horizon for us. Thank heavens we have this. It's gonna alert us to danger. It's gonna alert us, alert us to the tigers and, and bears, oh my, in the lions and tigers and bears, oh my, right? It's always like scanning, 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 looking, <gasps> there's something like, right? My, um, primitive brain, thank heavens, well, almost failed me. Let's be clear. When Duke came <laughs> with a mouse hanging out, he came running into my office as Duke the Corgi, if you're wondering, this wasn't a, Duke the Corgi came running into my um, office so thrilled with himself. And I thought he had one of Theo's dinosaurs like hanging out of his mouth. It was so my, my primitive brain was like, come here, Duke. It didn't alert me immediately. Um, and it was a mouse that he had found in her old home. And immediately my primitive brain was like, panic, this is the scariest, it was the scariest thing, right? So we understand that our primitive brain is always looking around for like a car coming at us. Uh, like that's our primitive brain's job. Social, like it's, it's supposed to keep you from being embarrassed and all the things. So here's what happens. Our brains sometimes get stuck. Our primitive brain sometimes really wants to do its job. And if left untended, it will misfire, it will miscommunicate. It will tell us that everything is a danger. And so when we go to change our primitive brains, like, hold up, stop it. This is dangerous. This is different. There, it's like our primitive brain wants to keep the status quo. It wants, even if the status quo is uncomfortable and painful and terrible, right? It wants us to stay the same. Our primitive brain is designed to seek pleasure. And we are doing things that are easy because of those dopamine hits. We're not writing a book. This was the hardest part for me. Like writing, I'd rather scroll my phone to get those quick dopamine hits over like the long-term reward of a book written. My brain quit changing on me. I don't want this, my primitive brain. And what we are called to do is to engage that prefrontal cortex to say, 
this is my choice, right? Emotional control, metacognition, thinking about your thinking, planning and prioritization, all the things that we need, the executive skills that we need to say, no thanks, primitive brain, I got this. My prefrontal cortex is in control here. But if you don't understand that your brain, you have that triune brain or even that that need for vertical integration or horizontal integration even, the right left brain hemisphere, you're going to think that you lack willpower, you lack discipline. And that, sweet friends, is patently untrue. You need to learn how to work with your brain and change rather than against it. And when you go to do scary, when you go to change, change yourself, learn about how you are in the world. Your brain is going to panic and freak out and revolt. It's plain. And so the cycle of courage teaches you how to understand how to work with your brain instead of against it in all of the pillars. And so you might come and say, I need support in changing. I need support in like understanding myself so and being mindful and being aware and being intentional so that I can look at my thoughts and emotions, my cognition. And so the process is iter- the process is oh you're always moving through that process. You're always invited into a new experience of yourself, of your life, of the world around you. And that, sweet friends, is beautiful and life-affirming and giving. And so I wanted to just today introduce you to the cycle of courage and to understand that I use this backdrop of the cycle in all of my coaching exchanges, in all of my teaching, in all, you hear this so often. And this informs how we go to live our biggest and best and most authentic and integrated lives. When we are shying away, when we are denying specific emotional experiences because we are afraid, we are not living our lives. We are called to live with emotional freedom. And the courage that is required, courage is emotional freedom. The courage that is required to live our lives from the smallest experiences to overcoming deep and repeated traumas is life-giving. So sweet friends, you are called today. You are called to learn, to connect, to grow, to commit, to change. Sweet friends, this is always available to you. Please continue to listen to these podcasts. Please continue to watch the videos. You know you can always find me at hello at jessicastong.com. You can, right, join the Courageous Life Society for roughly a medium, lovely dinner out 
for your family. You are invited to become and live into your full, authentic, integrated self. Always. And it's never too late. And it's never too early, sweet friends. Okay, I love you all. If you have questions about this, you know I'm here for you. Please email me, send me a message. If you have loved this podcast or video, please share it. It, it, I am so grateful for your support, for your encouragement, the lovely emails you send. I love them all. Okay, sweet friends. Uh, Hugs and kisses. Have a great and courageous week. Thanks so much. Hey, it's Jessica. I just wanted to quickly, um, before we go, I wanted to invite you um, to start coaching with me. I know that there is so much going on in this world, and all we want to do is take control of our lives to feel more joy and more peace. And really, what we know is that someone outside of the stories you're telling yourself, someone outside of the narrative and the thoughts in your brain, someone can help you walk through this time. I want to be that person. I would be so honored to help you. We get to create the habits to help us feel good and rewire your brain. And really, you don't have to live in chaos anymore. You don't have to feel overwhelmed. You have the key to your own joy. And I want to help you with the tools to unlock that joy. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm offering individual coaching practices right now with payment plans. You can try this out for one month. So book a free discovery session on my website, jessicastong.com. You can um, really just look into what I do. There is no obligation in these free discovery sessions. It's one hour of coaching consult to discuss what we can do together. We can do this. There is never going to be a better time than now. So do this and watch your life change. I'm so excited for you. Um, Again, I can't wait to work with you. And um, if you have any questions, you also can email me at stong.jessica at gmail.com. Thanks so much. See you next week.